This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Like, I would do a better job of this. Like, oh, they're so unprofessional with this. I would do such a better job. Like, when you're starting to say that to yourself a lot, that's when you got to yeah. go. That's when you got to maybe stop being so bitter and do it yourself because there's... I love that. Oh, it's about to get juicy in here. Welcome back to TK's Juicy Pod. I am here today with influencer and graphic designer, Katie Bilotti. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm very excited to record with Katie. I mean, obviously, you're. where are you right now? Home? I'm currently in Maryland. So yeah, home, home, I guess you could say. Home, home. <laughs> but you live in New York City. Yes, my heart is currently in New York, even though my body is in Maryland. <laughs> And you were literally like, when people ask me like who they should follow on Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to follow this girl. Her name's Katie Bilotti. She's literally <laughs> the real life Carrie Bradshaw. Like, I'm not kidding. I like to think I'm the better version of Carrie Bradshaw because after, okay, so I grew up on Sex in the City, but after like living in New York, I realized how there's so many holes in the story. And I feel like I am like, like I try to be, so Carrie never took the subway. She literally just walked in seven inch heels on the sidewalk. And like, there's just so many little things that I'm like, that would that just never, realistic. not to mention her at the size of her apartment for her job. Like she was the OG freelancer yeah, no and like lives in this massive, just upper west side apartment or whatever. There's a whole lot of yeah. holes in her story. And I kind of strive to be the Carrie Bradshaw of our generation. That makes sense. So got it. No, I love that. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna pause the episode really quickly so I can talk about literally one of my favorite things on the planet. Da 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 anchor. So if you haven't heard about anchor before, it's basically the easiest way to make a podcast period. Let me just explain to you what they have. First of all, it's free, which like nothing's free anymore. So I feel like that's already your number one winner. Second of all, there's like all these different creation tools on the platform where you can make your own podcast and like you can record and edit it right from your phone or your computer, which is like crazy because you don't need all this fancy equipment. And like I said, it's free. So you're saving money that way too. And then my personal favorite thing about Anchor and like the main reason why I use it is because Anchor will literally distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on all different platforms that like basically any podcast can be distributed. So it can be heard through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, 
Google Podcasts, and many, many more. So all you do is submit your podcast link and they literally distribute it everywhere for you, which is incredible. And overall, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So it's super easy. I can't recommend it enough. I personally use this every week and I just love it so much. I recommend it to every one of my friends that wants to start a podcast. Even my brother uses it. So it's very user friendly and I definitely recommend. So be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So don't miss your opportunity to make an awesome podcast and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back into the episode. Hope you're enjoying it so far. Mwah. Yeah, that's so true. I love how you actually like explain the real tea on Carrie because I feel like growing up all like a girl wanted was to like her life. Oh, yeah. But it's like almost unrealistic. Myself included. And then when I come to, you know, came to New York when I first moved there, I was like, okay, Carrie Bradshaw lied (laughs) about so many things. Yeah. Yeah, You're like, what the heck? Yeah. Why is my apartment not this big? Yeah. So, yeah, Katie and I actually met for the first time and the only time I've met you in person, right? In person. But it's like so hard ago? with it's it's tough with us because I feel like I've met you like, you know, years I ago. I know, like a gazillion. But times. yeah, in person so, was in New York when you came. Yeah, it was in New York. Yeah. It was at Catch. How like New iconic. Us. <laughs> iconic. And I'm pretty sure we probably have the hit me cake. Probably. Yep. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, because I had listened to your podcast prior, and, like, you have the most soothing voice ever. I try. I mean, that's the thing. Like, people tell me that, and I'm like, now there's all this pressure on me. I'm like, oh, gosh, is my voice good today? Like, I I need to make sure I have a good good podcast voice today. Like, you know. Yeah, so I have to ask, like, since your podcasts are so unique and they're solo – do you have to be in the mood to record? Do you have like a certain day when you're like, oh, this is podcasting mm-hmm. day? Like, do you have a pre-podcast ritual? Yeah, it's kind of tough because like you said, I am a solo podcast. So it kind of all feeds off of my energy. No one else really. I mean, of course, yeah. I get my inspiration from so many people. And a big premise of my podcast is looking up historical stories of people that inspire me, which when I, I when I honestly say that, I think people are like, oh, that's kind of cheesy and weird. But like, I really, I'm a big storyteller. So I really look into people that you did are. something that really took a stand for something. And it really makes me inspired. So what I do kind of like, you know, pre-show ritual is kind of like around Monday, Tuesday of the week, I start asking my followers either, you know, just who should I look into or what should I talk about? And then I kind of gear it from there. And I'm always feeding off of what people want to hear about because, of course, I'm living my life, but there's people out there living a completely different life or wanting to know what I'm doing. And especially when I'm in New York, a lot of it has to do with my dating life. And I'm super open and honest to just about what it's like to live and date in New York. I'm like, guys, here's the tea on my last date. Like, here's how it went. I've even had guys reach out to me and be like, oh, I didn't know that's how you felt about our date last week. Like, I've had like real things like that, but I'm like, you know what, for the sake of the podcast. And then I record every week on either Wednesday, so like today or Thursday, and I post on Thursdays. This is the kind of week where I'm going to record and post tomorrow because I'm like, you know, but I I like to think my podcast is very much like a, I'm a big journaler, big diary person. Like I write down everything because otherwise I will forget what I do and what I say and what I eat and I need to know everything, you know, for the archives. I've documented 10 years of my life on YouTube. So the same goes for my journal. And I feel like my podcast is kind of like a, a spoken word version of that where I really just kind of unload my feelings and my thoughts and like 
people are, you know, surprisingly are like, wow, Katie, like you are doing, they're going through the same exact thing I'm going through. And I just needed someone to say it and put it into words. And somehow, I don't know how it happens. I kind of just like go into a trance for 45 minutes and record, you know, longer than that. But I edit it down to 45. It's just kind of a diary entry. And I'm always shocked that I'm able to talk that long by myself. But you'd be surprised. You would be surprised. I I would say like, I feel like podcasting, I don't know if you agree, but I feel like podcasting has really opened up the whole taboo about like dating. Like, I oh, feel yeah. like this is where influencers and like creators just feel the most comfortable talking about their actual dating life. I don't know if it's because like it's it's just through voice. I think that's or it. It's just it's it's a more comfortable form of like content yeah. for them. But like. I feel like every single podcast that I listen to like has some element of dating to it. Yeah. And honestly, like that, those are the kind of podcasts I like to listen to, honestly, along with like true crime and then, you know, the girls that I love to follow and I'm friends with that I love talking, you know, hearing them talk and whatever. But I find for some reason, I mean, there's full podcasts dedicated to just dating. Like we met at Acme is a great New York City based. It's one of my favorites. One of my favorites as well. Very similar to so yours is with the polls and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I yeah. love your polls, but I also love her polls. Just even on Instagram, just viewing all these taboo things. And there's somehow, you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head saying like, you know, when our faces aren't visible, it somehow gives us the confidence to talk about things we wouldn't normally talk about. And I feel like with hers, it's the she- same thing. Yes. Well, I remember when I first listened to hers, I literally binged like every single one because I could resonate with her. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so real. Like she's talking about stuff I've always wondered or like, I feel like her dating stories were like way crazier than anything I've ever experienced. But I was (laughs) like, wow, girls deal with this too. Like she's upset about that. Like I've been upset about that or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And it like opened up a whole new like pool to like Right. Like validating people's feelings, which I thought was so cool. No, I agree. And even just kind of for me growing up on YouTube, I've been on YouTube for 10 years. It's I love that platform so much, but there were certain videos I'd put out kind of being honest about dating where I got completely bashed. Like people were just so unkind to me. Yes, because there's just something about people. Here's the thing. It's like with podcasts, I feel like you kind of you really grow a a very intimate community of people that really follow along and they can listen kind of in confidence of no one knowing that they're listening. And, you know, we can create, you know, our content without people. There's not a comment stream necessarily. You know, there's no comments below the video that really are below the podcast per se, that really guide the conversation where I feel like, whereas I feel like on YouTube, you know, one, one negative comment, people really feed off of it or either people, people just sometimes even see my videos about sex and dating in their suggested and they don't even know me and click on it just because they're feeling just this hatred and need to let it out or I don't know. So I feel like on on the podcast, there's just this kind of unspoken thing where it's like, you can say whatever you want to say. People can listen People can resonate or they don't have to listen and they're not going to comment about it, you know, per se. So how do you feel comfortable like putting yourself out there in that way? Like, how do you feel comfortable talking about sex or talking about mm-hmm. maybe getting rejected about a guy? Like, how yeah. do you like build confidence to because I'm sure you're not like that, like 24 seven. So I'm like, how do you build yourself up to like share those kind of experience that you've you've gone through? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it kind of took for me dipping my toe in it and talking a little bit about the subject honestly around like sophomore year of college I had a lot of confidence in the subject just because I was like you know what because at that time in college you're like 
you know, you don't really have the idea of like, oh, a future employer is going to see this. Like you don't really think about that until like senior year and you're like, oh shoot, I have videos about sex on YouTube. And like, I mean, I'll be the first to say it did not impact me getting hired by a very legit company. First of all, want to say that. But I feel like for me, it was just kind of dipping my toe and being like, I was in college in the heat of frat boys and sorority stuff. And I was like, people are like, this is all my friends freaking talk about these days. Why is no one talking about this on YouTube? Because for example, no one on YouTube talks. about No. And I understand it has to do people because it really does reflect on you and your opinion on things really reflect. For me, I'm so pro like do whatever you want with your body that makes you happy and makes you feel powerful and whatever. Some people don't share that. I get so many hate comments still about old videos I made, you know, and of course your opinions change. It's another thing because YouTube videos kind of stand forever and it's like if your opinion changes, it's like you need to just delete the video, I guess, or it just kind of is there forever. And, you know, so, but I think in terms of just why I do it, I think there there's just so many things that I wish I knew and I feel like everyone says that but there's just certain things that really no one tells you I've even talked about just just stories where things just really weren't fair when either someone took advantage of me or when just someone made me feel really just feel a very a lack of confidence and I think those are certain things people talk about like, oh, here's how to be good in bed, blah, blah, blah. But no one talks about, okay, this happened to me and it made me feel really bad about myself or like this person rejected me and I don't know what I did wrong. And there's just certain things no one talks about that I think is just such, it makes you feel so alone. It makes you feel like you are the ugliest person, you know, or just so inexperienced and that's not true at all. It's just because no one's talking about it. So... Well, exactly. That's why I wanted to make polls because I was like, oh, my God, I want to see like if guys like geek out about girls as much as like we geek out. And about do guys. they? They you definitely I mean? do, right? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Like, I have guy friends all the time that are like one constantly voting on my stuff, but they're also like DMing <laughs> me like, hey, can you like post if like girls are into long hair or like whatever. The yeah. Case, or like, yeah, if girls like need to have a guy over six foot. Like they're so curious that I I was like whoa like this is like something that no one's talking about like we need to open the conversation more because we're all going stir crazy right and people the thing is it's like you kind of have to be okay with the negative comments you're gonna get just I mean for me it's almost like I just think about it that the positives the positive outcomes that'll come from it outweigh the negatives times a million it's like got it people can say what they want to say about me but there's always the silent majority that's like, yes, this is amazing. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard or know about Call Her Daddy podcast by Barstool. Yes, yes. Like, people call them all sorts of things, but you see their audience is massive. People are silent oh. listeners of the pod. They don't even, like, publicly, like, I've listened to it. I really resonate with a lot of the stuff they say. Will I ever be, like, hashtag daddy gang in my bio? Probably not. <laughs> But, like, I still appreciate their content. It's so interesting. Also, it's, like, so real. Yeah. And, like, literally the way they talk sometimes. Like, I have girlfriends that talk like that. And, like, it's so funny because I'm, like, I literally feel like I'm listening to my best friends. But, like, we just don't share that to the whole world. Thank you so much to Apartments.com for sponsoring this episode of Making Moves. 
Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. The one thing that has kept me sane throughout the 75 hard challenge, and more importantly, has kept me hydrated the most, is liquid IV. Y'all, when I tell you, I literally crave liquid IV. Like the lemon lime flavor lives rent-free in my head. First of all, it just always quenches my thirst, but it is perfectly sour and has that tangy taste to it. And it's just so good. Like a nice, cold, crisp glass of liquid IV. Oh my gosh. Sounds so good. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. So I actually just taste tested all of the flavors for you guys, the pear, the white peach, the green grape, and the lemon lime. And I have to tell you, I still think lemon lime is my favorite. (laughs) But my second favorite is green grape. And then my third favorite, believe it or not, is pear. I'm actually shocked by how much I like pear. And then in fourth place for me was the white peach. My favorite thing about Liquid IV is how convenient it is, especially because I am always on the go. I am booked and busy, and I'm sure you guys are too. So being able to pack it so easily in a purse or a carry-on or whatever the case is, like my work bag, I always have a liquid IV in there because throughout my day, I get so thirsty and nothing truly satisfies my thirst craving other than a liquid IV. Like it is so good. I literally want to make one right now. And listen, drinking water is great. Like I've been drinking so much water while doing the 75 hard challenge, but one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you way better than water alone. And I love it because I feel like it actually revives me. And the best part about it is that there's no artificial sweeteners and zero sugar. However you hydrate, grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TK at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TK at liquidiv.com. Right. And like, I, I do have like a line <laughs> where I'm like, I'll talk about yeah, everything absolutely. until then, just because that that's just me. That's what I want to put out there. But I yeah. admire, I just love how I, I will say it's become much more of a thing, especially with TikTok and like people are getting super confident with being just fully transparent, which I think is great. So yeah, even I, I would agree. Like I see some things on TikToks that are like, subtly like super dirty or inappropriate and I'm like whoa like is this like a 16 year old and it's on my for you page I'm like is this really for me is it for me or is this uh illegal in some states curated my for you page yeah anyway I want to ask one last thing about the pod how do you come up with such like unique and like intriguing titles? Like, do you go through a million and you're like, ooh, this is the one? Like, do you ask people for their opinion? Do you just go with your first uh, one? Yeah, What's the titles team? for me is very like 
it's something I'll never change. And I've, you know, I've gone through a bunch of like, I was in the process of signing with some agencies or trying out some different things, which I ultimately didn't go with. I'm with one now, but before they were trying to be like, you should probably put more catchy or put more um, SEO things in your titles, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, the titles are very like, I think about it like, you know, as I said, my, my podcast is very journalistic. It's very much like what I would write in my secret diary. And I think that each title that's would be... literally what it feels like. Right? Maybe. Okay, good. Thank like God. For real. Thank God, because that's the whole plan with what I was doing. But um, each title kind of feels like it would be the title to my journal entry. Because I do, whenever I write a journal entry, I always have like something on the top. So I, when I'm scrolling through or scrolling, LOL, when I'm flipping through, I can find <laughs> what I'm looking for. And so I try to make yeah. it kind of not fully sum up like everything I'm talking about, but just, you know, one big detail or one big story. And I try to make it because I want people to also be able to feel confident posting that they're listening to said thing and not for it to give away everything that's super juicy and people don't want to broadcast that they're listening to it or, you know, someone's listening to it on Spotify and it shows you, you know, what so-and-so is listening to this. I want people to feel confident that it's not something super like, but it still is super just honest and transparent and so yeah I mean there's not really it it definitely takes me a bit honestly while I'm editing the podcast which I kind of do as I go which I think is different I always record it and as I go you do yeah which I I think it only works because I do it by myself so I'm just sitting here kind of oh that's stupid yeah yeah I'm like uh let me say that again but for the most part honestly you've probably noticed like I stutter I like mess up and it's just no all I love in there. how raw it is it's very much just me like saying okay I'm just gonna talk and you guys are gonna listen and hopefully it's good but yeah I feel like you're the perfect example of like there's no excuse why you couldn't have a podcast if you did if you wanted to like you have no excuse not to no yeah like, I mean yeah you don't have so, guests you don't need to you make it work right yeah. and like of course there's been oppor- or been options of me maybe networking and bringing on guests and whatever there's been people that have reached out to me and been like I want you to be on my podcast but only if I can be on your podcast I'm like okay that's kind of strange first of all but also I'm just like I think that's just not really I I just haven't ever felt a pull to do that like a pull but that's yeah that goes to show you can literally just buy a microphone off of Amazon I am using a $30 microphone off of Amazon right now just plug it into your computer talk for 45 minutes it really doesn't take that long like editing a YouTube video takes way freaking longer as you probably definitely know so yeah yeah, there's no excuse honestly so I have I want to like change the path where we're going right now. I want to ask you about L'Oreal. Okay. And I I know that you've done like a whole video. So if you guys want to like get the realty, like go watch her video <laughs> about where he used to work and stuff. But I want to ask one, when you graduated, why did you want a corporate job? Yeah. Because you were already a creator, right? And you were, right. you're capitalizing, making money off of it. Yep. Yeah. It's tough because I think... After there was just no question in my mind, honestly, as I was going through college, first of all, going to college was important to me, which a lot of people ask me about that. Like why, you know, I was successful on YouTube in high school. Why didn't I just go full time with it? Why did I do college? Yeah. I was like, well, I also just felt like I was super honestly, imma- like people will say I was like very mature, but I felt kind of immature socially after high school because I wasn't really popular in high school I didn't really do much in high school besides make videos Mm -hmm. so I was like I think I need to while I'm young I don't know how I had this mentality I need to go to college I need to have fun 
figure things out, figure out what I even like to do. I didn't even know I liked graphic design when I was in high school. And that's my whole thing now. Yeah. So college taught me that. And after college, I was kind of going through that. And I was like, you know what? Okay, me choosing the quote normal route of going to college, which not everyone does, but a lot of people do. And it's kind of the normal thing, you know. I was like, maybe yeah, I should absolutely. do the normal. Yeah, maybe I should do the normal career route too. Maybe that's just like what I'm supposed to do. And honestly, there was a lot of pressure just in college with people being like, wait, you're going to use a four-year, de- go to a you know college, four-year degree and waste that by being a YouTuber full-time or like an Instagrammer. And I'm like, wow, you're right. Like my parents paid a lot of money for me to go to college. Why would I waste that? Now looking back and even talking to my parents about it, they're like, Katie, do you realize none of that was wasted? You gained so much from, you gained everything and more than you should have. Like, yes, you know, you got it, whatever. So I took a job. Like aside from the, aside from like going to college, getting a job, like you also gained way more. Wisdom, from co- your college uh, social experience. stuff. My friends are all from college. Like I'm, I'm really happy I did it. Just for it, it really grew me as a person. It also gave me a lot to talk about, honestly, on YouTube. And I went abroad to Italy. I did all this stuff that I never would have done. So it was good. And I ultimately, so because I was doing a lot of work with L'Oreal as an influencer, they brought me to the Golden Globes. I went to London. I went to all these places with them. And we got really close, kind of like a brand influencer relationship. We were super close. They really trusted me. I really trusted them. You know, whenever a product came out, I was the first, like they really worked with me and it was so great. It was the best kind of client, you know, influencer relationship I've ever had or ever had at the time. So I was like, oh, I really trust them. And they kind of came to me and were like, well, if you ever want a job with us, like just, you know, doors always open. We love you. We love your vision. Would love to work with you. And about a week before, so I'm thinking actually maybe like, so I graduated in May, so probably like around April-ish, the head of social at L'Oreal called me or like shot me a text like, you know, hey, do you have five Casual. minutes? Yeah. How, do you have five minutes to chat? And I'm like, uh, for you? Yeah, of course. Because I was kind yeah. of secretly <laughs> hoping that they would offer me a job because they'd said it a couple times. And I was like, I don't know if that's like just them being nice to me as an influencer, trying to like, you know, butter me yeah. up. And she was like, so um, there was a shift on my team. There is an open spot. I know you're graduating. I know you're coming to New York because I was already planning that. Would you be interested? No pressure. You'd still have to go through the interview process. Like I went through the normal interview process, but just wanted yeah. to let you know the spot is open and that I'm, I would vouch for you, blah, blah, blah. I didn't hear anything after that. I was like, oh my God, yes. Told all my friends. I'm like, guys, like this is incredible. Like I'm going to be, you know, working at L'Oreal potentially, you know, of course I like, you know, there was the potential that I wouldn't get it, but I did. And I was working there and, you know, honestly, part of me, I want to say honestly, and I've said this before too, it just felt like I was, I was proud of myself for the wrong reasons, I think, because I was doing something, I was doing the thing everyone expected me to do or like wanted me to do like in the normal real world thing, you know, how things go. And I was also keeping up all of my other stuff. So I was doing the YouTube stuff. I was keeping up everything, balancing literally basically like just juggling act every day of me waking up earlier than my alarm even goes off to make sure I'm responding to emails for my YouTube stuff and leaving, you know, at lunch to take calls with my manager and for YouTube stuff working on all the shout stuff I was supposed Abigail. to do. Shout out Abigail, the freaking best. <laughs> uh, the best of all time. And yeah. like having, it just was too much. But I thought like every time I got super stressed, I was like, Katie, but you know, you're doing 
everything that you're supposed to be doing. Like this is what you're supposed to do. You you have and like what if YouTube I kept being like, well Katie, you know, what if YouTube fails? What if it's like over tomorrow? What if that, you know, now you have this really awesome solid job where everyone you really like everyone. There was nothing wrong with L'Oreal. Like I loved that job and I really felt like I walked in every day feeling like, yes, like this is amazing. But I was also like my YouTube channel was suffering. I wasn't posting as much. People were like, where are you? I was skipping podcasts. I was like so tired that my eyes were closing while I was recording. Like it was just not, it was not healthy. So. So were you, other than being like exhausted, because I, I get that yeah. side of it. Because I'll, I'll work the full week and then I come home and the last thing I want to do is edit more after I just edited right. the whole week. You know what I mean? Or yeah. whatever the case is. Yeah. Do you... Were you also kind of like, oh, I'm also making like way more as an influencer? Like, did you have that moment too? Were you like, oh my God, I'm not getting paid nearly as much as I could or like things like that? Because I know influencers can make a good amount of coin. Yeah. You know. I mean, and it was like, you have to think about it. Like I said no to so many things because of my nine to five, which I will say my nine to five was definitely more like an eight. To seven. So there were certain things where, you know, Abigail would call me or text me and be like, hey, like there's this thing, but we kind of have to act fast. Like assets would be due this Friday. And I'm like, it's Tuesday and I have no, because by the time I get home, especially in the winter, there'd be no daylight for me to record or film anything. Yeah. No. So I'd have to record everything on Sundays when, or Saturdays, but come on, I had a social life. New York is the freaking best yeah. for that. Like day drinking and Hello, going wine. out. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to. It's wine o'clock, baby. Right. Like, look at this. I literally have a glass of wine right here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm prepared. But yeah. I so like there was too. zero time slash energy to. And honestly, I mean, you probably, it's just like the creative energy at that point. I don't have enough left. Like you saw, I was visibly so drained in all the videos I filmed like towards the end. And of course, there were these little thoughts like flickering. I was like, what if I just quit? Like I imagined myself doing it, but I just like didn't know how to do it. I eventually, I just, you know, I figured I did it. I was like, today's a day, but you know. So did you, someone in your position yeah, right now who, you know, is graduating college and has maybe an offer at a really awesome company, but is also a creator, would you recommend they take the job? I think it depends on... Of course, I want to say, don't do it, you know, be a creator. But I also do think that if I hadn't taken the job at L'Oreal, I wouldn't have known that it wasn't the right move. You know what I mean? I would have, if I hadn't taken it. You would have been like, what if I would have done this? Right? Yep. Yep. And now that I, of course, it kind of sucked. Just, I mean, it was great. So I was there for a year and a half. And I didn't realize that I was completely burnt out until probably a year in. So there was like six months where I was just debating on how I should quit kind of basically. I mean, honestly, it's also if you are kind of a smaller creator, it's a good way to keep yourself afloat with the salary and the benefits while you're kind of building your empire, so to speak. For me, it was like I already kind of had my stuff and I could have just, of course, done it right out of the gate and just done YouTube and Instagram and, I, you know, the podcasts that I started. But I think... I'm really happy that I have the learnings that I got from just having a corporate job and realizing how, for, for I mean, for me, especially a creative person, the hours I was working at L'Oreal was not good for me in terms of like when my brain kicked in creatively. I would, of course, go got in it. at like 8.30, 
wake up at seven or whatever time I had to wake up. And nowadays I start working at 10 and I don't, I could never see myself starting to work on a project before then just because my brain is not on, you know, I was in meetings at L'Oreal at nine and I would be like just completely zoned out. Like, so now I think that living the corporate life taught me how I function as a person creatively the best and how long it takes me to like adequately do something and also I know now from the brand side what brands are looking for you know I feel like I got so much out of that like I'm happy I did it and I would recommend so what is let's get into that oh yeah yeah yeah, of course what is a brand looking for what is a brand looking I mean something like what's something that like when you went in and started working you were like oh shoot you guys look at that like what were you shocked by oh yeah I mean first of all I didn't know how many applications there are to look at someone's engagement and really look Wait, at it really like really see mean? like it's of course you see you know when, a, when an influencer sends you I mean of course also when you're kind of preliminarily stalking a brand or an influencer as a brand like a brand yeah. looking at influencers trying to figure out who to reach out to for I don't know a product launch or something there's so many things that they that brands look for that or at least in the beauty industry this is a beauty industry so things are probably different that I would never expect like first of all I mean diversity was a huge thing making sure that the people they're bringing in are diverse, you know, either in skin color and ethnicity, but also just their kind of where they are in the world. Also, like if they have kids, if they don't have kids, like their story, the storytelling is super important. It's like every influencer you bring on basically represents you as a brand. So you need to make sure, you know, if this person, like for example, there was a time where, you know, people at L'Oreal were like, well, we don't want to bring in girls that have you know, a lot of plastic surgery or there's just like little things that like you never would think of that brands are really actually looking at, which is great as a consumer, knowing that the brands I really love are really wanting authentic people that really, yeah, you know, to represent them. Right. So that was cool to see. Also, I mean, of course, like showing off, a, like you know, there's like product integration. So when someone's posting a product, you need to be able to see, like there were certain posts that they would kind of reject or be like that's not a good post when you know someone's promoting a foundation and the photo is taken from so far away you can't even see the person's face yeah Yeah. and I never I mean of course I thought about that but I think it's also something at L'Oreal that I thought was cool was that they really valued talking to the influencer and finding a common ground between selling their product and matching the influencer's aesthetic and feed, which and I yeah. have worked with some brands, and I'm, you know, I'm sure you guys have you on your end, where it's like the brand has this very specific vision, and they want it done this way, and I'm like, guys, this yeah. will not perform. My followers are going to be like, that is so fake. There's no, you know what I mean? And I feel like I've seen influence, like friends of mine, or just like other influencers, celebrities posting things, and I'm like, oh my god. There, that's so unbelievable. And L'Oreal, with all the posts that they ever approved, it was super believable. It was super like, Authentic. let's let's find a common ground. Yeah, because ultimately it's like, you know, when a brand is like, oh, this wasn't a successful or this wasn't a successful campaign. I'm like, yeah, of course it wasn't because the post looks like an ad. It's like there's nothing authentic about this. So that was something cool that what, I learned too. You mentioned the engagement. Like, oh, yeah. Applications or yeah. What, what, what is that? So there's different things. Companies will typically pay for these like a lot of money kind of for like almost like consultants to that are from these different brands to kind of come in and not necessarily sit with the brand itself, but kind of just work on the back end and really look into certain either keywords 
or people, you know, if, if a brand is like, so for example, with L'Oreal or with any beauty brand, there's always these products or different launch moments. So like, oh, we're launching a new foundation that is sweat proof or something like that. And we're launching it right yeah. before summertime. So everyone invests in this and it's a like sweat proof, waterproof. So people will bring it to the beach or something. So they'll task like their agency or their like agency partner to look into every influencer that lives by a beach or that goes to the beach a lot or is super pro you know waterproof makeup or something and they'll search literally every keyword and it's not even like just hashtags somehow the platforms know just like what people are the conversations it's just it's very high tech I never would have imagined this is how it is but people also I mean brands look for who's talking about their brand a lot organically you know who is obsessed with this one lipstick and everybody knows like all the followers know like oh Katie wears this exact lipstick in this shade you know brands want to find that person who already talks about their brand and reward them for it because it's authentic have a natural yeah yeah so that's super important too so ultimately it's kind of like almost this person that just does a crap ton of research yeah that the brand doesn't Mm -hmm. want to take the but it's kind of to do exactly and it's kind of like it's honestly the machine does a lot of work like the the platform itself yeah you kind of push a button so we took some training courses to learn how to do it kind of ourselves too so for a bigger search for like a really important moment we would have them do the research and send us kind of the research reports but for like example like for me I was like making the captions on Twitter basically and I would just kind of search myself and be like oh what are the hashtags that the kids are using these days like you know what is popular you know and it was a lot of just saved time to be honest so yeah Great. Well, I love that you kind of shared your moment at L'Oreal because I do think it's really unique that you did that as a YouTuber because I think a lot of people don't go to college or get a corporate job. So that's something I I really admired about you is that you at least gave it a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you, you don't you truly don't know until you try. Honestly, that's like very true. And it's like, I'm so, yeah, I took that job when I was, what, like 22, 23. I'm 24 now. I've learned from it. I'm still super young. So it's like, I didn't waste like 10 years of my life doing something. It's like, do it once you realize it's not for you. Get the hell out of there. But, you know, don't beat yourself up for trying something ever. So what do you recommend is the best way to quit a job? Oh, God. I mean, that was definitely something that... I, <laughs> I I think so for me, honestly, when I did it, it was funny. The reaction, it was like no one was surprised because <laughs> like, yeah, they were like, Katie, how like people would see me up at all hours of the night posting things and then they I'd be in there like in the meeting, the morning meeting, people would be like, Katie, how are you not like dead right now? I saw you posting yeah. last night at 1 a.m., blah, blah, blah. And I think people were starting to kind of catch on. And I, I even had some coworkers be like, Katie, have you ever thought of going freelance? Like, because the thing is, at L'Oreal, we were hiring a ton of freelancers. Like, we were paying freelancers to create <laughs> stuff for us. And I was like, every time that I would work with these people, like, I was setting up some of these contracts and working with them and hiring, like, retouchers or photographers. Yeah. I was getting uh-huh. – and like, I was just like – I don't know why, but I was so mad while I was doing it because I think I was so jealous that they were doing this full time. And I was like, wait, if I'm getting angry at the people that I'm hiring just because I'm like, oh, you like I would do a better job of this. Like, oh, they're so unprofessional with this. I would do such a better job. Like when you're starting to say that to yourself a lot, that's when you got to go. That's when you got to 
maybe stop being so bitter and do it yourself because I love that you know I was going home to my friends and my parents and complaining about oh you would not believe this unprofessional graphic designer I had to deal with and they're like Katie how about you just you know do it yourself maybe and stop complaining so much but going about I mean to answer your question how to quit it was definitely something that involved me rehearsing it in the mirror a lot an embarrassing amount of times because it just made sense for me to first tell my manager like my direct report manager then tell my coworker, my like direct because I am on my team there was only three of us at the time I was a part of a bigger team we sat with marketing like a big team but my actual little team was just social so we had three people so it was super important for me to tell them first and then tell the VP of the brand which was super terrifying honestly like I had to I like I texted her assistant because I'm like close with her. We were close in, we're still close in age, I guess. And I was like, Hey, does she have like five minutes today? And she's like, well, really? No. But if you catch her, like maybe I was like, okay. I was like, it's really important. She's like, I think I know what it's about. But like, yeah. So I, I caught her basically in the hallway and I was like, do you have five minutes? It's really important. And I've never been like, it's really important before. Yeah. So she was like, Oh yeah. my God. So I told her and no one, everyone was super excited for me. And like my the VP cried when I she like gave this little speech. She was like, "We just can't wait to see oh what she gosh. does," and it made me cry. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like it was overall like the best company experience. I have nothing but the best things to say about L'Oreal. I think the atmosphere there, being a like basically female found you know female run company, basically like eighty yeah. percent. I'd say my my manager was a a guy, but he was a gay guy. So I mean, you know, they're all yeah. everyone's pretty feminine at L'Oreal. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So it's kind of. Of course, there's like drama and whatever because, you know, a lot of estrogen and whatever, you know, but there was a lot of love there and I think that made it easier for me. But nonetheless, it was still just a really awkward conversation. There's no way around it. My manager was actually our meeting that we were sitting in was him telling me about all the goals he has for our team and me having to say, wait, can I just say something really quick? Um, Oh, I'm I'm putting in my two weeks. (laughs) So imagine how awkward that is. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Did you ever have any person in your life, like, for instance, your parents or maybe a roommate, like whatever the case may be, did you ever have anyone being like, ooh, I don't think you should do that? Like quit my job, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, so here's how it kind of went. I, it was like, a, okay, Monday, I was like, I need to do this. You know, I need to do it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to text all my friends. I'm going to text everyone and be like, I texted everyone individually, like my best friends in New York. And I was like, so here's what I think I should do. What do you think? All of them were super supportive. They were like, Katie, you're miserable. All you do when we get together is talk about how much you hate your job. So maybe you should do, I I didn't hate it, but you know how just miserable I was, honestly, as a person, you know, through doing two jobs at once. I was always tired, always complaining about how tired and frustrated I was and whatever so that was like my friends were like do it my parents I called next and I was like here's what I was I phrased it like here's what I'm doing not should I do it I was like here's what I'm doing yeah they sensed that they sensed that this was like important to me yeah but they were still like well Katie you know we're your parents so we have to say what's your backup plan do you have enough money to support yourself because that's really New York's so expensive my rent is actually insane so, you know, there's things like that with them. But, and then of course, great timing. Abigail, my manager, was in the city. Yeah. And I was like, you know, we were getting dinner anyway. And I came to dinner and I was like, so I have um something to tell you. <laughs> I'm thinking Stop. of quitting my job. 
I kid you not, we had dinner Wednesday night. I quit Thursday morning. So it just took talking to my friends, talking to my parents, talking to someone that has known me on the business side of things for my whole life, She's basically. She's the perfect person to talk to about Oh, yeah. That. She's so level-headed about it. She she convinced me. Like, she knows. She's the reason why I did it. And it's – I've never – I have not looked back. It's been since November. So it's been a pretty decent stretch. So – so quick question about that, because I think it's so cool. And I know Abigail personally as well, which is Katie's manager. She's also Alicia's manager, the person that I work for. I want to ask how comforting or how cool is it that Abigail and just the whole Matter Media Group team was so supportive of you working a corporate job, but also like, oh. doing your full time oh job. Like, I actually don't think I've could ever picture anyone being so right? supportive of that. I, okay, that was another, uh, talk about scary conversations. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, no Abigail, because I, I love them so much. Like, but I just, I think about it from like a business perspective. It's like they, you know, I was finally like after four years of college, you know, four years of me saying, oh, I have an exam. Can I send you this asset a day late or things like that? Yeah. Me then graduating and be like, so I'm going to have a nine to five job now that is not related <laughs> to you guys at all I I had the conversation oh and also let me even say I couldn't while I was working at L'Oreal I could not work with any competitor brands being beauty so like makeup hair or skin none of those I could work I couldn't work with any of those because it was a direct competitor because L'Oreal I was working under L'Oreal which is there's I mean it's kind of complicated there's like so many brands but my specific kind of sector was hair skin and cosmetics so I couldn't work with any brands so I was like Abigail hi I'm uh you know I'm taking this job that's going to take all my time plus I can't work with any of these brands do you still want to be my manager and she was like Katie of course we'll support you I was like I was getting ready for her to be like this is it you know and she believed I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if half of her or part of her was like she's not gonna make it but like no I mean yeah it was like I I look back and I'm just like, I can't believe she even, like, they even, whatever. But they're just the best. And you know that. They're they're literally the best. Yeah. But why are they, why are they the best? I mean, so I've been, I mean, it was kind of complicated because when I started out on YouTube in 2009, I didn't get, you know, started with a manager until probably like two years in. And I was with a different management that Abigail worked for or worked Got with. I don't even know if you know this full story. Yeah. You probably do. But then, you know, honestly, like just being candid here, there was a few like just issues with that management. I felt that there was a lot of holes in it. I didn't feel like I had a lot of attention, which as an influencer is really important. You need to know that this team is like at any waking minute can help you with something or make sure, you know, if you have a question, that's like the whole point of a manager. It's a a relationship, Mm -hmm. basically. I talk to Abigail and the team more than I talk to some of my best friends. All the time. You know, it's a 24-7 thing. And so you need to feel like you're getting the full attention and love and that you aren't just another client. It's like you are, you're, you're in the team, basically. You're on the team. So with them, I really feel like that's the case. And I feel really honestly so lucky that they like I know them and I work with them because like I've talked to I feel like this is just a very you probably even heard this it's like just people now are trying to get management and it's really hard because there's so many people unless you are like really taking off it's like you just kind of have to do it yourself I will say like for as much of as much as I've 
interacted and worked with all of them in their group, I just admire the hell out of Abigail and just like what (laughs) she's built because like their whole team is so talented and they care and I feel like they're like my like hometown friends that I've known forever. Yeah. Go to for anything, which is like crazy because it's like a technically a working business relationship. But I think that's what makes them stand out so much. And like how and they have such an awesome roster is because like the creators want to be with someone like that. Yeah. And I feel like we're right. We we it's a business friendship it's like we we talk about it's not all just fun which you know there's some people I feel like who kind of cross the line and their managers are a little bit more their friends than their managers but it's like I feel like they all really know me now especially after all these years they already know when I'm gonna say no to something or like they've already negotiated (laughs) they already can already they can just anticipate what I'm gonna say and be like don't worry we asked if they're okay with blah 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 or if we could take this out like they already know before i even say like hey which is like just important they they really get us and they really they they know you yeah which is so good i just i yeah i can't stress it enough so if you were a manager <laughs> who would you want to manage who do you think are some underrated influencers or people that like you're obsessed with that you yeah. think are killing it right now well honestly I'm really big in like the creative space these days. I've like kind of I've yeah. branched out. I'm like ever changing. The I was super beauty related, and now I'm kind of shifting towards like all things creative and like hand lettering and all that stuff. Which I'm like <laughs> I just think it's cool, and it's something that no one really does. I'm like, hey, I just want to film myself writing. People are just in love with that. I don't know what it is, but it's like there. It's like ASMR, but like you know, it's just something therapeutic. It it's therapeutic. Yeah. So I think. I, there's a lot of untapped creators there. There's a lot of people online that are not managed, that are creative types like that, where there is such a need for just, you know, for I, I just think with, with product, especially being at the forefront of a lot of influencers working with brands, there's a lot of product involved. And, you know, with that, I feel like there's so many brands that should be using these influencers to market their new markers and their new there's just so many brands that I've just seen that don't really do influencer campaigns that really should be doing it like these specialty different art supplies like different just even art brands I've never seen like a I mean I guess maybe they don't for some reason don't need to do it I don't know they don't just have a lot of budget maybe an influencer but there's certain art brands I think really should be you know because there's some videos of people just journaling online that have millions upon millions of views and these people are just like having fun. They don't know how to like manage really everything. And yeah. they don't know how they don't know how to yeah, ask yeah, yeah. for money where they need it or I mean, yeah, and there, these are videos that I will say as a YouTuber and creating content where I always want people to watch the whole thing, of course, but people are have very different attention spans and people, you know, we, we're lucky if someone will watch even three quarters of our video. It's like no one makes yeah. it to the end anymore. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So with those creators I watch the whole video and I let it play till the next one. Like, I'm so into it. <laughs> like, yeah. So I feel like there's just such a, a need and an untapped community there. Yeah. So you would you would kind of dive into that community. Oh, yeah. The creative realm. I mean, and even think about it. I, there, I have so many ideas for this. I'm like, they could do a master class, like an event. Oh, well, absolutely. You know, it's the same thing as makeup artistry. And there's a huge, of course, 
makeup artistry is huge on YouTube. What about the regular artistry? What about the Bob Rosses of the world that are just creating their art and people are just obsessed with it? So, yeah. Completely. No, I love that. I think it's such a unique thing, especially because, like you said, like, I hardly see any, like, everyone does, like, the fashion, everyone does the beauty, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, but I I think that's so cool because it's something that, like, not everyone's doing, but even for me, like, I'm still so interested in it as a viewer. Right. No, same here. So, who... Who are you just a fan of? Like, whose content do you love consuming besides, like, the creative community? Just, like, who do you love? Like, who do you feel like you're their friends? Like, who do you think's killing it? Like, oh yeah, should be bigger? I love asking these questions. Oh, that's great. I mean, I, like, have my core people that I watch and that I'm obsessed with. Like, I really feed into. So a lot of them are creative types. But, like, on the other realm of things, I really love Amy Lee is one of my favorite people right now. She kind of, honestly, our content's kind of similar I'm not gonna lie in the sense of like she's super transparent about things super open just like answers questions but the thing is I mean about her I feel like I learned more than I learned in like learned in school listening to her videos or watching her videos because she really so she's super like something that I feel like some youtubers do this some people don't at all research before they talk about things really find out like you know I'm not just talking or speaking out of my butt here I'm like this is something here is the reason why you're feeling like this you know not just like I'm gonna talk about how sad I am today it's like oh I am maybe this feeling or I'm in this headspace because of this and she really is just super like diagnostic she really like looks into things and is like I mean of course she's not a licensed therapist but she feels like she (laughs) feels like she is to me I love her it's also very aesthetically pleasing which is important and she like lives in this amazing uh, apartment yeah she lives in LA somewhere amazing apartment she's just incredible has blue hair like I just have to creep on her vids no creep on her new people I love her I also love Claire Marshall who you might have heard of she's she's an OG she doesn't post as much anymore but I respect it because all her content is just so good whenever she posts it so I love her. I even watch like old videos of hers. Like I have people like that where I just watch, you know, old videos. Cause I'm her like, literal what's in my bag from oh, like, yeah. years ago is my one of my She was videos. like, I'm sure you can agree with this or like relate to this. She created all of these editing styles that now everyone oh, uses. Yeah. She was the one yeah. who pioneered like, you know, like the the writing on the on top of the video that I do yes. that so many people do. Yeah. She did that first. Like hands down she did all this stuff and then all of us are just like "Ooh, that's kind of a good idea let's do that and she like definitely knows <laughs> that everyone just like copied or didn't copy but were inspired by her editing style I she's just like she would put out a video and I'm like how on earth I would like google like how do you do this and I like have been editing videos as long as I've been like alive so I don't know <laughs> she's awesome I'm like obsessed with her to this day yeah me too okay so let's just go over these polls really quickly and we'll wrap it up Ooh. okay Katie came up with some poll questions and we want to see what people voted. So the first one is if a guy uses a quarantine pickup line on apps, is it that a turnoff? What about what is it for you? So it depends. (laughs) I hate to say it, but like it depends on like honestly, for the most part, I'd say no. Or it is a turnoff. It's like a no from me. But I would say it It depends. It is a turnoff, but I would say points for creativity. It'll depend on how creative it is or if it's something I've seen in a meme like a million times. 
Yeah. Like someone was like, hey, like, do you want to quarantine together? Or like just little things like that. I'm like, okay, that's creepy. But if something's like yeah. really creative and I'm like, but I also, whenever I see these, I think, oh, he's definitely copied and pasted that to everyone. Yeah. See, <laughs> I don't like that. I like knowing like, oh, this is personal to me. Right? Yeah. Or like, I like yeah. when people comment on like either prompts or pictures or something and it's personal. So yes. I feel like overall, so you're a it's a no. User. It's a no. Oh, I'm a, I'm a huge yeah. – I'm on Hinge. Yeah. I'm a little bit on Bumble. I, like, look through it. I haven't been on a Bumble date, but I've been on probably – when I was in the city, like, this wasn't happening. I was going on at least two dates a week, honestly. Like, oh I was – legend. It was – I love dating. I, like, think it's so fun. So – Do you like it just to go and, like, meet new people, or are you, like, trying to find the one? Oh, I, it's definitely just meeting it, – it honestly is just such a confidence booster and, like – Really? Kind of morale – like, it – you know for me it's like I feel like there was a time in my life where I was so closed off and so nervous about you know guys and dating and just like putting myself out there but once it's one of those things where once you kind of do it get the training meals off you're like oh I just want to like go on a bunch of dates see because the thing is how are you going to know what you're looking for if you don't kind of figure out what you're not looking for so for me it's like I go on these dates afterwards I'm like oh you know what um that was he's not what I really am looking for at all like this was a huge red flag number one it's content for me to talk about (laughs) and kind of like talk to you know and it's like oh if you guys don't have the time or the energy to go on two dates a week I'll tell you what I learned from mine and like you know there's just it's good content it's also like just super good for me externally you know just to like figure it out and see what's out there and New York is just so exciting it's so fun to go on dates like it's so fun yeah I love that you said that it's actually encouraging me because I feel like even a few days ago I was recording a podcast with someone and they were like oh my god you should totally dm this guy I think he would be perfect for your podcast and I'm like creeping on him and I'm like oh my gosh this guy's cute but like great excuse to dm him about the podcast oh my god yes um so it's so funny that like we can kind of use as an excuse because then it doesn't seem as real or like well yeah I mean so anyone out there make a podcast DM a guy you think is yeah, cute. Be like, yeah, hey, uh, do you want to meet up and podcast slash um, <laughs> I'll just like, grill you to see if you're my type, you know? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Okay, so actually 47% said yes, that it is a turnoff. 53% said no. Oh, wow. So it's really split. I think it really just depends on what yeah. it is. Like what? I agree. What's the line? It's important. Okay. Can you be an extrovert but still like to be alone a lot? Yeah. So what that's just think? like kind of the story of my life. So I was just curious if other people feel that because I'm super extroverted. Like when I'm in a social situation or even like around strangers, like when I'm with other people, period, I'm extremely extroverted. I'd say I'm kind of one of those extroverts. It's a little bit introverted though, like in the sense of like, I don't feel like I need to be the loudest person in the room. I don't feel like I need to be the one always talking, but I'm super Mm -hmm. okay with other people and like being confident with people I don't know. And I'm a good public speaker, things like that. But I do love to be alone, like a lot. Like that's why this is kind of bugging me because I want to be alone more, you know, this whole quarantine thing. So yeah. I would agree. Like, I do love, like, even just when I'm alone in the car, like, to reboot. Because, like, when I'm with people, like, I just, like, have all this energy and I'm so extroverted that, like, when I go home, I literally, like, collapse. Yeah, you're so on that it's, like... Yes. Yeah, you need Um, that time. 93% said yes, that you can be an extrovert, but still, like, alone time. So, yeah, easy money. Good. Um, Are Raisin Nuts an underrated game? (laughs) 
I feel like people are gonna say that it's bad because that's just like the typical like reaction. They're my favorite, and my friends are always like, "Katie, oh my god, it's what grandmas eat in the freaking." nursing home see we so. alicia and ashley taught me every time we go to the movies we get popcorn and then put the raisin oh my god no popcorn. yes yes okay finally <laughs> someone understands it's the perfect balance between salty and sweet it is it is just it iconic is the there is nothing that compares yes actually 35 percent said yes that it's an underrated candy honestly more than i was expecting so that's way that. more I, I was expecting one percent or like zero so <laughs> Okay, and then have you worn jeans during quarantine? So I have not. I have not worn real pants in. I wore a dress like three days ago, but it was like a very comfy dress, and I was it was like for a photo I needed to take. But I have not worn yeah, real obviously. pants. I wore jeans the day that I left New York to go like to leave, yeah. and that was almost five weeks ago or like four and a half weeks ago. See, I've worn jeans, but I feel like it's only because of like being on camera or I oh, yeah. felt weird and I wanted to yeah. get out of the funk. So yeah, 48% said yes. So I feel like that's more than I was expecting as okay. well. Okay, yeah. I think that's it. That's the last thing I wanted to ask you. Wow, that was so fun. I feel like we like really hit a lot of like, you know, I know. important things. I so. <laughs> also like just fun things, you know? Yeah, I hope some, especially if you're a creator or aspiring creator or want to work in this kind of space hopefully you learned a little something where can everyone follow you and listen to your podcast Pimp yourself yeah out? so basically if you just kind of search my name on all of social media it'll come up so that's k-a-t-y bilati like pilates i always say that because everyone always pronounces it wrong so that's b-e-l-l-o-t-t-e anywhere really just kind of search that the podcast is called thick and thin which I just, I, you know, so you would not good, imagine. Guys, please go listen. You would not know, you know, what went into coming up with that name. But yeah, if you you search that on like literally anywhere, <laughs> it'll come up. And yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for being Thanks on. Thanks for having um, me. Of course. Yeah, it was honestly an honor. I'm like so obsessed with your content. So <laughs> it was so fun to interview you. And if you don't follow me already, follow me on my Instagram at TK's Juicy Polls because without following me, you can't vote and be a part of the podcast. Hope you guys have the best week ever. Be sure to make someone else's day. Peace.